Hello, it's Anthony Chadwick from the Webinar Vet, welcoming you to another episode of Vet Chat. I'm really pleased to have Gillian Dank on the line with me today. Welcome back, Gillian. Really enjoyed the uh, last podcast we did. But perhaps for those people who haven't listened to that first one, just would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the, the company that you're representing? Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Gillian. I'm a veterinary oncologist. Um, I went to vet school at Hebrew University in Israel, and I did my internship there as well. And then I went to the University of California at Davis and did my residency there. And I'm an oncologist boarded both in ACVIM and ECVIM. And I now have the pleasure of working for a company called HTVet, which has a very exciting device, which is called HTVista. And this device is based on a technology called thermoimaging. And so it's called, and also heat diffusion. So what happens is, is that there is a camera on the device, which actually kind of looks like an iPad and the camera and the device heat different tumors. And with that heating, the, the device actually looks at the image. So we have a th an optical image, it heats it up and we have a thermal image. And with that heating, the, the camera actually shows what happens to the tumor over time. So over time, the, the tumor is heated and cools down. And based on the thermal images and the heating and the way that it cools down, the artificial intelligence looks at all that data and tries to understand whether the tumor is benign or requires a additional workup. So the purpose of this device is to let us know whether it's okay that an animal has a lump. We can look at it and send it home and say that it's benign or whether we should recommend an additional workup. Gillian, that's great. I, I obviously um, did dermatology when I was practicing and so I loved cytology and I would pretty much um, do cytology on any lump that came in because just looking at it, you can't know what it is. But I know you've had some survey results recently that you've done for different countries, including the UK. And it seems that there's still a lot of um, vets who, who perhaps don't do cytology and it's more of a guesswork thing. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what you found from the survey results that you that you got. So so you're you're absolutely correct. Um, and actually um, I taught at the university for over 20 years and I taught the students to aspirate every single lump that they see in the clinic, just like you did. And, and then when I left and I, when I spoke with students that had finished and I, and I understood that most people do not aspirate every single mass, I was kind of disappointed. So if veterinarians aspirated every single mass that came to their clinics, there would be no need for this device because the chances, if you're going to aspirate a mass, the chances are about 75 to 80% that you'll succeed, in, you'll succeed in diagnosing the tumor. However, not everyone aspirates everything they see, and that's why we see the need for this device. And so we actually did surveys in the US and the UK after we had previously done a survey in Israel. And, and 80 general practitioners answered the survey. There were additional people from, from academia, but we looked at the GPs and what they said was that 30, 30 of those 80 saw between four and eight masses a week, 20 people saw under four masses, and 30 saw over eight masses a week. So clearly, people are seeing lumps and bumps in general practice. 
of those lumps, they assumed based on palpation that 30, that, that 30 of them saw between four and eight lipomas a week, 30 saw under four and 20 saw over eight lipomas just based on palpation. And you and I know that there's no way to know that a mass is a lipoma just based on palpation. The fact that a mass is subcutaneous and soft and circumscribed could be a number of different masses. It could be muscle tumors. It could be a sarcoma. It could be a hemangioparasitoma. Palpation is, is not enough. Um, and of those masses, only under 50, under about 40% of those cases, they, they recommended further investigation. So most of those cases coming into the general practitioners, based on palpation, they said, oh, we think it's a lipoma, and they sent them home. So we know that there are many cases of malignant tumors that should warrant further investigation that are not being treated. Something very interesting was that when we asked how comfortable you are just base, diagnosing a lipoma based on palpation, 55% of them said that they're comfortable just based on palpation. Um, there will be a, a, a study coming out in the next six months from the U.S. that actually looked at the ability to diagnose lumps and bumps just based on palpation, but we don't have the results of that yet. But, but we all know that it isn't enough. And then something else that was really interesting was when we looked at the correlation between how many years experience does someone have as a veterinarian and their confidence in diagnosing these lumps and bumps, it there actually turns out that the more experience they have, the less confident they were. So it shows that with experience, we understand that our hands are not good enough. So, so we learned a lot of interesting things about hmm. what the EPs think and feel. Gillian, the world isn't black and white, is it? It's gray. And so being able to, it would be a lovely skill to have it. But I must admit, if I went to a GP doctor with a lump and he said, oh, it's probably just a lipoma, you don't need to worry about it, I would probably change my GP because we have to do tests on these unless we have some sort of x-ray vision or a Superman or something. Then, um, as you say, it's impossible to, to say what a lump is. Um, so it, it's really interesting. And I, I definitely saw that in practice where I would have people coming in with referrals, sometimes for a skin problem, but I'd see a lump and they'd say, oh, the vet's looked at that. It's not a problem, but I would nevertheless do cytology and the number of mast cell tumors I found. And of course we don't want to miss something like that because a lipoma might grow a bit bigger at some point if it's in an awkward position you may have to remove it but if it's a mast cell tumor that could be a death knell for the dog couldn't it most definitely and it, and the the other issue with with mast cell tumors and many other malignant tumors is if we catch them early then we can send them for surgery and the surgery will not be a major surgery and the dog will mm. get over the surgery very quickly but if the tumors are left to grow and grow when we catch it, hmm. the, the ability for the surgeons to do a simple surgery will be much more problematic. Hmm. So there is a huge, a, a huge advantage for early diagnosis. Yeah, and I remember particularly just going off on a little bit of a tangent with, with mast cell tumors. Things like Mazivet uh, were useful when they were inoperable. But of course, we've also now got Stelfonta, which has been... Uh, a really interesting product, and I, I actually really like the fact it's come from a botanical in a rainforest. It really shows why we should be protecting our nature because there's so many cures that are out there that we perhaps aren't even aware of. 
I, I agree hundred percent. I think that that Stelfanta is a is a wonderful example of, of an amazing new drug that we, that we that we can use. And for Stelfanta too, the smaller the mast cell tumor that is diagnosed, the easier it is to use Stelfanta because mm-hmm. if the mast cell tumor is too big, then then you can't use Stelfanta. Yeah. Um, so I think that everything leads to the fact that any mass that a dog comes in with should be looked at. If you can use our device and see that it's benign, then the negative predictive value is around 97%, which means that benign is benign. And if yeah. it's positive, it needs to be diagnosed. And then exactly. the owners will feel comfortable and you'll feel comfortable that you're not missing. Hmm. I think um, obviously people aren't doing cytology and we can train people to do cytology or know how to take a sample so that at least they can send it off to a histopathologist um, to have it diagnosed. But if people haven't got that skill or are nervous about making, because of course, if we take a sample and we look at it and we're not sure, then that's also people have then spent quite a lot of money on a cytology sample and don't feel they've had the value for it. Whereas obviously with the HT Vista machine, if, if the uh, predictive value is, is that high, it is a great way of just, it's a rule out, isn't it? it you know, this is a benign tumor. You don't need to worry so much about it, or it's very likely to be a benign tumor. Whereas um, if there is some concerns with the scan, then as you say, we obviously either carry on the diagnosis work ourselves, or we can refer to specialists like yourself who can who can further uh, characterize and then treat. Exactly. So we actually did ask on the survey in the UK, why are you not doing cytologies? And the number one reason was cost. Um, because yes. almost nobody does in-house. Most of the people are doing either in-house and sending it away um, or just sending it to an external laboratory, which costs much more. And they said, we offer it to the owners and they say it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you do the scan and the scan comes out positive, then you have the rationale do the cytology and spend that extra money because you need to make sure that it's okay. Um, Other reasons are that people don't feel comfortable doing cytology, don't feel comfortable that they, that they do it enough smears. Um, So, so this is another way to, to not send home dogs and just say, wait and see, because wait and see is never good medicine. And I think also, you know, what's really interesting is quite often vets will talk about cost a lot and we'll say, you know, it's too expensive to send off, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, if clients are given an option, it depends on client circumstances. I always was told, and I used to say to people, please don't x-ray your client's pockets because you don't know what that that dog means to that client. And if that client goes home feeling a bit uncertain about a lump, but knows that for 50 pound, 100 pound, 150 pound, they can have a diagnosis of it's benign or it's malignant, hopefully benign. I mean, this is where you love to spend money and be told, actually, we didn't need to do that because it's a benign tumor. Uh, That's much more positive, isn't it? So when you see big surveys from clients and you ask, why did they choose that vet? Cost isn't always number one. It, it is often about the client, the vet was nice to us, it's a clean surgery, et cetera, et cetera. So cost, I think we can get ourselves a bit tangled up as vets in cost, in my opinion. I, I agree 100%. I think that one of the 
one of the reasons that some veterinarians have, have been upset with me is because I don't tell owners what to do. And, and the way I was taught is never to tell owners what to do. I always give them options. And, yeah. and the more options you give the owners, if you tell the owners, okay, your dog has a lump, you can go home and wait and see, but you can also do HT Vista to see what it is. And then based mm-hmm. on that, either feel comfortable going home or decide to continue the workup, then, then it's the owner's decision mm-hmm. um, and, and, and not take decisions for the owners because you never know what's going on in their mind and what other things are, are affecting them. And sometimes we have owners that'll say, you know, we came in, we did come in even into an oncologist, but we have no money. Um, and, and then they understand it's their decision and it's not your responsibility that you're not working up a mass. And I'm sure you could tell us stories as I could, you know, where I would look at a lump and say, it just looks like a lipoma, but nevertheless, I'm going to go in and you find a mast cell tumor, you know, also with the HT Vista machine, people who were just saying, oh, it's benign. They, they get a surprise when they start using this machine and finding out actually there's more positives or, you know, um, positive tumors than, than perhaps they thought or malignant tumors is the word I was looking for. Um, most definitely. So we've had a couple of, of, of different stories lately um, from the UK and from Israel. Um, we've had dogs in Israel. We have one dog that came in with multiple masses, a 10-year-old beagle named Stella. And mm. In the, in the, so she was checked. She had three different masses in the same area. We scanned all of the masses. Two of them were lipomas and one was a mast cell tumor. Mm-hmm. So eventually when she had surgery, she only had to have surgery on one mass and not all three, which is also critical to understand the fact that the dog has multiple mm-hmm. masses. It doesn't mean they're all the same type. You have to check exactly. every single mass. Yeah. Um, there was another very interesting case last week in the UK of a dog that was being treat, treated by a physiotherapist. And she said, I don't like the feel of that tumor. And the owner said to her, well, my vet felt it and said it was a lipoma. And she said, I don't like the feel of it. I think you should work it up. So they went back to the vet, went to a clinic that had HT Vista and got scanned. It came out as suspicious. They didn't aspirate. It came back as a sarcoma. Hmm. And this week they're gonna go for a CT before removal at a different place. Um, and, and based, if that physiotherapist hadn't said, you can't know what it is by feeling it needs to be worked mm-hmm. up, the dog would have been left to have a sarcoma that was growing, 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 and, and probably would have been, had a much problem, mm-hmm. more problematic surgery. Now, obviously, big in the news at the moment, all about AI and chat GPT, but I presume one of the beauties of this machine is that it actually gets better the more it's used, so that there's a, a database of when you get it right and when you don't get it right but also you're able to then uh with the algorithm the algorithm improves over time is that is that right as well most definitely so the algorithm is improving all the time we also have validation studies that are giving even more information um so what we know now we didn't know six months ago um we now have um oncologists all over the world that are participating in the validation study we have three different oncologists in the uk we have oncologists all over europe and the us that are participating um and we also know things now that that we didn't know um a year ago um so so we now know that for soft tissue sarcomas hopefully within the next year we'll be able to know not only that it's a soft tissue sarcoma based on the scan, but whether it's a grade one or grade three, 
Mm. Um, in grade one and grade threes have completely have different biologic behaviors and their ability to metastasize mm. is much higher. It's a grade three and you need to know that. Um, so hopefully we'll have much, much more information as we go. Gillian, is one of our values at Webinar Vet is about innovation. You know, we want to be an innovative company. And of course, being innovative, you start on something and people can say, oh, well, I don't believe that a tumor can be scanned and worked out whether it's benign or malignant. Um, but I think this shows that this is why we have to innovate. And sometimes innovation is about making mistakes and getting it wrong and going down a, a, a uh, uh, an alley where you know it's blocked at the end and so it, it, it wasn't the right way to go but unless we innovate I think it was Thomas Edison had thousands and thousands of attempts at making a light bulb before the light bulb actually worked so innovation is just so so important isn't it and by doing that we can then get to things which also one of the big problems we have certainly in the UK is a shortage of vets and if you are bringing a dog in and having to uh, do cytology on three or four lumps, uh, maybe the dog's a bit awkward, maybe they're in difficult positions, maybe you need to sedate that dog because you're sticking a needle in. Whereas again, with this machine, this is a machine that you could pass on to the uh, vet technician, the nurse, to do the scanning and to come up with results and then for the vet to check it. So again, it potentially is a, a time-saving device, isn't it? You are 100% right. So the beauty of this device is that you, that the vet technicians that have been taught to use it can do it without the veterinarian. So it saves the veterinarian time. Um, and there are even places in the U.S. next week, they're going to start a trial and they're going to actually have people make appointments for the vet technician, them come into the vet technician, for the vet technician to clip the dog, look at, scan the mass, and then come to the vet and say, these are the results. How do you want us to proceed? Mm. So it'll just save them that much time um, and make everything that much more efficient. Um, so I think that that's, that's a huge advantage. Obviously, there are technicians all over the world that also do aspirates, um, but that's a little, takes much more um, understanding from them point of view. But we see this as something that obviously technicians can do and then, and then help the owners and help the vets and then get them in for appointments even earlier. Um, there are also places that kind of like to, to, to advertise on Facebook. We're having a tumor day tomorrow. Scan your dog. Yes. And that one day on a Saturday, everyone can come in and, and scan their dogs and then decide how to continue. And Gillian, obviously there's, there's so much data now, so much information, data points coming in. But it's so important to take all of that data and to analyze it as, you know, it very much sounds like you're doing. We're, we're doing this podcast now at the beginning of July 2023 for those who are listening in the future. But I know that um, some of this data you're obviously hoping to bring together in studies that will actually be published or that you'll present at conferences. So uh, I believe you You told me, not that we need much encouragement, but uh, you'll be in Barcelona in September at the European College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. It's one of my favorite cities. Uh, if people are listening before September 2023, it's probably not a bad place to go and uh, spend a few days, is it? Yes. So we're very excited that we just got the approval this morning that we'll be presenting a poster in Barcelona. So, so far we have 
one study that's been published. The second one is under review and hopefully we'll get an answer soon. Um, and then in Barcelona, we'll be presenting the data that we have about the thermal images for soft tissue sarcomas. So other papers have been published on thermal imaging in osteosarcomas, in um, perineal tumors, and mast cell tumors, and memory tumors. Um, and the devices that they used for that thermal imaging um, were, were, much, were, were research devices, so not something that somebody could actually use in the clinic. Um, yeah. And based on the images that we have so far in soft tissue sarcomas, um, we believe that we can diagnose soft tissue sarcomas and also hopefully in the future that we'll be able to look, deal with the grading. And that's what we will be presenting there. And I know, uh, I think it was last year at London Vetcho, I met your your founders. And I think you'll be back as a company at London Vetcho in November this year, won't you? Yes, most definitely. So so Shani Talidana will be there. And, and also the, the UK. So there's an actual UK team that are in charge of everything yeah. that happens in the UK with, with Lee Ron Hirsch, the veterinarian. Yeah. Gillian, um, it sounds really exciting. It's great to see a machine sort of developing, uh, becoming more precise in, in what it can do. But also, as I say, potentially a, a life-saving, but also a time-saving device uh, for the pets, but also for the vets who are who are trying to make these diagnoses. Because I think also, if we are in a busy practice, if we have appointments coming in every 10 minutes, the other side is the dog's got a lump. It doesn't look that serious. I've got five other people in the waiting area. You want to push that person out to get the next person in, rightly or wrongly. So anything that helps save time, that uh, gives us better results, then this is something that we must be uh, looking at seriously. So thank you for all the hard work that you're doing as a company, but also you individually uh, to bring real science to this, because I think there's always a danger. There's new machines out. How much can we trust them? But it sounds like there's some really good evidence coming together now to show how effective a HD Vista machine can be. So thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing that information with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us and thank you for believing in us. Thanks, Gillian. Take care. And thanks everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Vet Chat. See you on another episode very soon. Bye-bye.